0: Maker Series Part 2, Procyon's Promise. Hi everyone and welcome to the Sci-Fi Primer. Today we're going to visit Part 2 and the conclusion of the Maker Series by Michael McCollum. When playing this game I'd occasionally pass by here and I'd remember that book I'd never finished reading called Procyon's Promise because it was a sequel and I hadn't read the first part. This subtle constant reminder gave me the impetus to read both. So here we are at Procyon where we left off in the last installment. A generation ship had left Earth in order to study a source of Cherenkov radiation at the star Procyon, if you'll recall. And you may recall that this was an indication that a faster-than-light event had happened and Earth made a deal with the artificial intelligence on the life probe to go find its source and return data to the makers. We are now centuries after the end of the first novel. The descendants of the generation ship that went to Procyon have colonized a habitable planet around Alpha Canis Minoris. They name themselves Alphans because it's easier to say than Procyonians. In the game there are four human habitable worlds here uh, around the white dwarf partner to the main star. This one looks to have the best temperature for habitation. The Alphans settled on a world that had the remnants of an alien abandoned starport with the parts for an out-of-commission, faster-than-light ship. Uh, Remember that no one in the known galaxy had yet pierced the secret of FTL travel, so this is a mystery. Over decades and centuries, the Alphans with the help of a deciphered shop manual of sorts, managed to reconstruct an FTL vessel. They name this ship Procyon's Promise. It's a bit of a double meaning, with the promise to the makers being the driving mythology of the colony. Now, they don't exactly know the underlying principle of the FTL drive. They only know how to make the machinery work and even improve upon it. And this becomes a mystery to solve. They take the ship on its maiden voyage to Earth. Their first pit stop is at the now derelict life probe. Uh, There they encounter a socialite who was playing tourist among the ruins of the alien probe. Earth detects the radiation of the FTL ship and realize that the colonists of Procyon have likely made their return. Now this is an interesting aspect of FTL that's uh, really mind-blowing. The trail of radiation from Procyon's promise arriving to Earth looks like it's moving away, back to Procyon. I'd never considered this, but the author points out that what happens is that the FTL object arrives and then the photons nearest the vessel, limited to light speed, arrive next, and then the photons further away arrive and so on back to the source. So to an observer at the destination this thing would appear out of nowhere and then the trail of light in its wake Uh, would appear in retrograde fashion, and that's pretty cool. Humans on Earth welcome the colonists with open arms, but people being people, the world government decides that FTL technology is too dangerous and try to seize hold of Procyon's promise. They do so by attaching mines to the hull of the vessel, and get this, the mines are called limpets, just like in this game, named after the mollusk, and probably also limpet mines used in the ocean. Well, then a descendant of the AI from the life probe that had uh, returned with the colonists will have none of that and infiltrates Earth's internet and shuts it down in exchange for Earthers vowing to keep their promise. Now, note that the author actually uses the term internet here. And this was back in 1985 when the internet was just the university and government ARPANET-derived network. So the author predicted how important and how vulnerable interconnectivity would become in the following decades. And that's something noteworthy right there. Right. Fast forward a dozen years or so, humanity has created a fleet of faster-than-light ships and is about to embark on a search for the makers of the life probe they had traced the path of the life probe back towards its uh, path of origin and given that it's 10,000 years old and that its speed was limited to one tenth of the speed of light this takes them to the Aquila region 1000 light years away this is represented in game by the Aquila dark region here let's go there I will spare you the travel time and do it in one jump The explorers settle around a protostar described as having a pinkish hue. For the video I've chosen a similar looking Titori star around uh, the Aquila dark region. This is us relative to the solar system. A number of the FTL ships are sent out to scope out the area and look for the makers. It's like a needle in a haystack search, but thanks to a series of fortunate accidents, Procyon's promise finds the trail back to the Maker world. Now there's a bit of a surprise ending, which I won't spoil. I'd kind of realized that this was what would happen about 40 pages into the book, but that realization didn't really spoil things for me, because I found myself excited to see how the main characters would react to this revelation at the end. So, uh, this marks the end of this duology of books by the author Michael McCollum. I haven't read his other works, but I get the impression that this is kind of how he kicks off humans' expansion into the universe, and that's some other works of his build on it. Uh, I don't know for sure. The books were very good. There was a bit in Procyon's Promise, um, where uh, alphans and earthers are getting to know each other. That dragged on a bit before things picked up again, but in all I'd highly highly recommend this series to even casual science fiction readers. It makes me want to check out other works of his. All right, that was my show for this week. Thank you for watching, and until next time, bye for now.